Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. The title of today's podcast is Selective Stories from Brief Moments of Clarity. Brief Moments of Clarity is a book I wrote probably seven or eight years, and it's really a, a series of uh, uh, short stories that I've used in the past in blogs and 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 kind of daily observations. And, and I thought it'd be really interesting. Some of these, a few of these I might have covered in, in past podcasts, but but most of them not. I thought it'd be interesting just to share some, some stories that 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 uh, uh, have impacted me in, in some of them very simple ways and others very profound ways. And so the first one is titled "Flying Keeps You Humble." And I fly a lot, uh, not as much since COVID, but still several times. But uh, I always try to view flying as a as a, a learning opportunity because here's there's so much that's out of your control. Uh, you know, there's going to be planes that are going to be late. They're going to be delayed. Uh, Thing like things like that are just going to come up constantly, and I'm always amazed by uh, you'll how you'll see people that are well dressed and and clearly successful in various areas of life, and and then when stuff happens uh, at airports, they just like you know flight was canceled because of a storm, and what do they do? They chew out the gate agent, right? Like they had something to do with it, and and so I always try to use. Uh, flying as a way to really keep my patience intact and and also just look for life lessons and I remember one time several years back I'm getting ready to get on this plane and we it was delayed on the tarmac for quite a while so we were finally ready to go it was uh, you know eager to get on the plane and what do you know there's a, a, a lady getting on that's checking in about two or three people ahead of me and she's got uh, her uh, her roller board and a backpack and her purse. And the, the gate agent says, pardon me, ma'am, very nicely. She says, you need to condense. You're only allowed two personal items on the plane. You need to condense, uh, you know, the three to two. And the, 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 lady that was flying just goes off man how dare you she just starts you know just being super upset with the gate agent and the gate agent who's of course been there done that before is calm and kind of puts up with a little bit and i'm watching this and of course you know the lady's going to have to condense from three to two or she's not getting on the plane right and so she does that and i'm watching and i'm i'm feeling so uh what proud of myself because i'm thinking to myself you know i'm so far beyond that i you know doesn't that lady know how what an idiot she looks like she she look she's being right now? I mean, the gal's just following her you know instructions. Why doesn't she just take care of it? And I'm I'm so proud of myself for being you know in, have such this amazing self control. And I got my I, I've got my uh, uh, Osprey backpack on and I've got the thing stuffed right. But I use it all the time. I travel with it all the time. And so I get up to the gate and uh, and I give her my ticket and she looks up at my bag and she goes, Sir, I, I'm not sure if that bag is going to be big enough. Would you? please check it and what do I do I don't now fortunately I didn't go off on her okay but I kind of go you really I fly all the time I said something that was maybe not rude but you know borderline rude and I could barely get it in I was able to get it in the sample the box that it goes in and pulled it out and I kind of irritate you know kind of was irritated as I, I kind of started to walk onto the plane almost stormed on the plane then it caught myself I had just done the exact same uh, thing the lady three people ahead of me did and that I had observed and thought I was so far, you know, beyond that. It was a great reminder about, you know, there's always lessons to be learned and we're never as good as we think we are. And uh, so the next story I want to talk about 
is a, is is my wife Angelina, and the title of this story is I I I just wipe it off. Is uh, my wife uh, teaches uh, preschool, and and that was what she was doing basically when I met her, and and after we got married, she she was a uh, she worked as an executive assistant in a, in a big corporation for several years, and then uh, when we decided to have kids, she just was she was a uh, uh, just decided we decided the best thing to do is she'd be a full time mom, and and so after the kids got a little older. Now they're like in high school. She felt the itch to get back to work. So she went back to teach preschool, which she loves and she's so good at. And uh, she shared this story about this this one girl who <laughs> was uh, uh, quite a, uh, how do I say, um, very confident little girl. I, I guess that would be to say. We'll call her Maria. And she was a real handful. You know, she invited confrontation. You know, a playmate, teacher, parent, it didn't matter. Maria loved a good argument. And she enjoyed dishing it out. And, and she once told Angelina uh, with great enthusiasm, I love being bad. <laughs> and Maria could, could take it pretty well, too. And no other child seemed to be able to ruffle her feathers, you know. It's just like some people can dish it, but they can't take it out. Maria could take it out. And, and one time, uh, Angelina came home with this great Maria story. Apparently, uh, several kids were ganging up on Maria and calling her names because she wouldn't share the red tricycle. They called her every name in the uh, in the book that a group of three-year-olds can do, right? And uh, normally, that, that would really get to some kids. But what'd she do? She looked up at them and, and with a complete composure and said, I don't care what you say to me because I just wipe it off. And then she put her hand up on her shoulder like she was wiping something off her shoulder and she just rolled off. And, you know, so, so the, the thing I wrote in the book was, was, you know, I hope that Maria, that as Maria grows up, I hope she learns to share more. And I hope she learns to at least like being good, if not love it. I hope she can find great joy in friendship. But I also hope that she never loses her ability to wipe it off and ride away carefree on her red tricycle when people or circumstances are trying to bring her down. And the concept there is there's a lot to be learned from Maria, right? Of course, hopefully not the part about being bad and causing trouble, but when people are in your face, just to not accept it, man. Just imagine if at three years old you got that, you know, how far you're going to go in life, you can figure the other stuff out. Um, number next, the one I want to share with you is uh, it, it's the title of this is Just Because Someone Told You Doesn't Make It True. And of course, as you're probably aware, I teach martial arts professionally and, and run a chain of martial arts schools and, and love my job and, and am so blessed to be able to have done this pretty much for my whole career. And um, I, I first started teaching martial arts. I, I Probably my first lesson that I taught when I was about 14 or 15 years old. And, and I opened up a school six months out of high school and, and I've had one ever since. Now, there was a few years, there was three or four years where I wasn't making enough money teaching martial arts because I really didn't know what I was doing, that I had to take a day job. And uh, what what had happened was, is, is in my dojo, I had a gentleman, his name was Paul, Paul Seagraves, and he was a paint contractor. And uh, he was just a really good guy. I really enjoyed having him as a student. And he knew I was struggling and he knew I, I, I was looking for a work, day work. And he said, Dave, why don't you come to work for me? And it's a day job. You'll be back in time to work the school in the evening and it could be a really good fit. And so uh, I, I signed on to do it. It sounded great. And I, I ended up working for him for uh, almost four years. And the last few years, couple years were part time, uh, but the first couple were full time. So I had, you know, I was doing that full time and teaching martial arts full time. It was a busy time in my life. But uh, 
uh, one of the, my first day I showed up to the job, there was two gentlemen uh, that were a couple years older than me, maybe, and they were going to be the guys that trained me to paint. Okay, and and so Paul introduced me to him, and we, we he went about his merry way, and I'm with these guys that I'm just meeting for the first time, and they both proceeded to just now they I don't think they knew that I knew Paul already, right? Uh, but they just proceeded to rip into Paul about what a terrible boss he was, and how. Uh, you know, he would, you better watch your time card because he'll cheat you when he can. And, you know, he'll give you all this hard work that, you know, that so he doesn't have to. And, 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 and I didn't, I knew Paul as a student, but I didn't really know him as a, as an employer, right? So I had, and I had no reason to doubt these guys. So all of a sudden, I started being really suspicious of Paul. And, uh, you know, I would be, you know, checking my time card and, and all the things that they'd, they'd, what, they'd warned me about. But here's what's interesting. After I, I worked with these guys for the first couple of weeks, and what I noticed pretty quickly is, guess who was padding their time card? These guys are. You know, they would, we would quit a job at 20 to 4, and he would say, I just put down 4 o'clock, right? And he, and he would write stuff on the job that he didn't do and take credit for it. For example, what does that mean? If there's a, you know, a bathroom that, that really didn't need to be painted, uh, maybe he would touch it up and say he did a full, you know, he painted the whole bathroom, right? These were the kind of things that not Paul was doing, but these guys that were trained me to do. And I, I started thinking, ah, interesting, interesting. So, well, so these guys ended up uh, moving on. Well, I think one of them got fired, the other one quit within a, a month of when I started working. And I still, for the next six months, kept being concerned that Paul was somehow cheating me until it really, I really realized that, you know what, it, you know, that's not the case. I worked for the, 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 for the nearly four years I worked for Paul. He was an amazing boss. He's still an amazing friend to this day. You know, he always treated me fairly, paid me fairly, uh, was more than generous. And uh, it goes back to the concept of just because someone told you something doesn't mean it's so. How often have we been told something about somebody else that gets us to doubt uh, uh, them and that only to know that that wasn't true? So the next time you hear something derogatory or negative uh, about someone else, you know, take it with a grain of salt because there may not be a lot of truth to it. So I've got one more story I want to share with you in this in this podcast, and and, and the title of this is it's just a matter of perspective. And I, what I'm doing with this is I'm kind of reading a little of it, and I'm kind of telling the story, kind of a combination of the two. But every now and then, the universe finds a strange way to put everything into perspective and provide us with a glimpse of just how good we really have it. I would like to share a story uh, that did that just for me. Uh, a few years back, I, I bought a really nice little sports car at the auto auction for 50 cents on the dollar. Okay, I'll be more specific. I bought a, a, a Jaguar convertible. It was a, I, think, I believe it was an XK. It was just this beautiful car, gold on gold, fast, fun. And I, I, I as I always do, I buy, uh, uh, you know, used cars and, 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 uh, because I, that allows me to buy a car that I wouldn't want to pay full price for. Get me a, a nice car that's three or four years older that you can get for pretty cheap, right? That's been my modus operandi for the last 30 years. My wife, on the other hand, she likes her truck. We get her a brand new uh, Ford Explorer. We're on our third one in basically 30 years, right? And she'll, she'll drive that thing for 10 years and we'll do it. We'll do it again, right? Uh, but so for me, I, I, I tend to go through cars a little faster. And, uh, so I had this, uh, beautiful Jaguar. And I realized my kids were little at the time. And although this Jaguar had a backseat, it was very small. And this just wasn't practical. And I needed another car. So I got, I got myself a, uh, a, a, a BMW. And, 
I think it was a it was it was a 740 IL, a nice big Beamer, and I also got that used, and uh, and so I had both cars. Now I was going to sell the Jag, but I hadn't sold it yet, and so I've got them both parked in my driveway. And one time, uh, I'm driving my Jaguar out of the down my driveway. And I'm looking, you know, over my shoulder because this is a model that didn't have the. This is before cameras, right? And I'm looking over my shoulder, and I forget that my B, that my BMW is parked next door. And uh, what do I do? I manage to scratch the full length driver's side of my Jaguar to the full side of my BMW. And before I caught it, because it was barely touching, I get out of the car and ah. Oh, I am just so, I'm livid, man. I'm so upset. I can't believe I did that. And, you know, I'm looking for someone to blame, but there's no one to blame because I was the one that did it. And, and my heart is pumping and I'm thinking of the money I spent. And then it hit me. Okay. It's something my dad told me years prior when I had, I was upset over something. He says, Dave, if being angry and upset helps, be really angry. Otherwise, just take care of it. Then it hit me. My biggest problem in life right now was I, I had backed my Jaguar into my BMW. It kind of put everything in perspective for me. Like, and so it, now I can't say I always do this, but this one time, what did I do? I took a breath and I kind of sloughed it off and I said, okay, what do I got to do? I got to call the insurance company and take care of it. But being upset isn't going to make it cheaper. It's just going to spoil my day. And uh, it was a real epiphany for me. Now, I can't say I always do that when stuff comes up, but I am getting better over time. And I would challenge you to do the same. You know, if being angry and upset helps, then be angry. But if not, can you take the emotion out of it, right? And and, and can you, all of a sudden, when stuff happens, you, you walk outside, your car got stolen. Oh, looks like I'm, you know, looks like I'm walking. Okay, oh, better better call, you know, 911 or whatever it might be, but to minimize the emotion. And and if we can do that, man, uh, if we can even think about that, not that we could do it, but if we can even attempt to, that makes means we're making great progress. So I will share some uh, future stories for another podcast. I appreciate you all being here and being a part of this. And uh, I hope to, I hope you're enjoying the show. Please continue to... Uh, uh, what listen in on future episodes and, and pass a link along to your friends. Thanks a lot and have a great day. Bye-bye.